Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vinitali International Academy, announcing the 24th of our Italian Wine Ambassador courses to be held in London, Austria, and Hong Kong from the 27th to the 29th of July. Are you up for the challenge of this demanding course? Do you want to be the next Italian Wine Ambassador? Learn more and apply now at vinitaliinternational.com. Italian Wine Podcast, a Wine to Wine Business Forum 2021 media partner, is proud to present a series of sessions highlighting the key themes and ideas from the two-day event held on October the 18th and 19th. 2021. This hybrid edition of the Business Forum was jam-packed with the most informed speakers discussing some of the hottest topics in the wine industry today. For more information, please visit winetowine.net and tune in every Thursday at 2pm Central European Time for more episodes recorded during this latest edition of Wine to Wine Business Forum. My name is Carlo rossi Chauvenet. I'm a lawyer, uh, expert in the wine industry. And this morning, we will start uh, Wine to Wine with uh, this meeting on the new frontiers in wine marketing, anticipating the opportunities in essence technologies. But I'm so glad to have here Paul Caputo, Italian wine ambassador, journalist and entrepreneur in wine, and uh, who will share with us uh, a vision, a future vision uh, on, on the evolution of uh, wine marketing. So, Paul, thank you very much for being here, and I leave the floor to you. Okay, Carlo, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for uh, making the trip into this, uh, into this smaller room. I appreciate it is 9 a.m. on a Monday morning, and, uh, um, you know, there is a there is a big talk in the next room happening, um, you know, with a with a, a well-established, well-known global platform. So, um, I, I appreciate your your interest in in what I've described as new frontiers in in wine marketing. So, so thank you. Um, I suppose before we start, just a couple of things. Um, the first thing to say is you may find this talk a little bit frustrating, in that. Many of these concepts, while I think are extremely exciting, um, are also just a little bit still uh, out of grasp. But nevertheless, I think it's really important to to keep these concepts in mind um, as you as you look at your your wine businesses over the next uh, over the next year, two, three, four years. Um, I think you're going to see. Uh, a very, very rapid adoption of them, um, even if they're still very much in an, an experimental um, phase. Um, so I suppose just before we start, can I just get a little reading of the room? How, how many people here work for a wine producer? Okay. And how many people are just sort of in, in sort of distribution and sales? Okay. Okay. So we've got a a little bit of a mix. Um, and how many people are marketeers specifically? Okay. So this, so this should be interesting. Hopefully many of these concepts will be, will be familiar to you. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make this marketing 101. You'll be, you'll be pleased to hear. So, um, okay, let's start. So as I said, new frontiers and wine marketing, 
um, anticipating opportunities in nascent technologies. So um, hopefully you'll be familiar with some of the with some of the technology that that is discussed. But what what I hope to to bring and contribute to this discussion is is an idea of how these can be leveraged alongside you know some of your other activities. I suppose I should just mention something about myself as well. Um, so I'm Paul Caputo. For those of you that I know some of you um, know me already, I'm a, a writer and a journalist. I previously worked um, in import and retail, um, and I'm now working on a large uh, wine database platform, um, a database of wineries, regions, appellations, grapes. Um, and that, that platform is called Vinorandom, and it has a focus on, on education, really. But uh, it's vinorandom.com if you're, if you're interested in having a look. Okay, so what I'm trying to do, I'm going to give you a few objectives of what I think um, you, can, you can take away from this. I want to give you some context in the form of some presumptions about how I see technology and society and social media and all that kind of thing evolving in the coming years. Um, and then I'll focus on these four little sections, really. Uh, audio and voice marketing, uh, augmented and virtual reality, AI, <laughs> it should be an interesting one. And, and then uh, I'll touch briefly at the end on blockchain and NFTs. What would I like to do? I would like to offer a little snapshot of, of the technology that's coming. Uh, I'm going to give you some speculation, really, on how on how I see it might be able to be used within the wine industry. I would like to provide some practical advice for the present. Um, obviously, it would be great if you can leave this room with some takeaways that you, that you can at least start to think about and implement. Um, and of course, beyond that, uh, I'm talking about creative thinking. I'd, you know, if anybody would like to discuss any of this stuff later with me as well, please, please feel free. Right, so this is, this is the interesting bit. So some presumptions around why I feel that the, these points are going to be important. Um, our, our digital identities um, are going to expand massively. They already are. Um, you know, wh whether, you, whether you view that as our kind of uh, curated life experiences on, on Instagram or whether you see that as just, you know, your general life administration in, in the cloud, you know, um, it, it it's going to be it's going to be really important. I mean, I've just checked in here with my with my COVID green pass, which you know, obviously carries my health information. Like the idea that that would would happen a couple of years ago would have been crazy. That I'd have to demonstrate my my fitness to enter a room. Um, but it's it's happening, and there's no reason to suggest it's it's going to go back. And I think, in fact, what we're going to see um, is is the further growth of our our online identity and identities um, by implication we can presumably have several identities and and we can you know we can assume a, a slightly different role and character in a different uh, in a different online environment um so so building on from that it, it's logical to assume that virtual spaces are going to grow um you know places online um, where we can express ourselves are going to are going to to grow to match that demand it's not just about um, you know demonstrating uh, you know facts and figures about your life it's not just about demonstrating health statuses and tax records it's also about expressing yourself and I think um, you'll see 
later in the presentation, that's quite an important component of why I think some of these technologies are going to are going to be very useful. Um, technology will ultimately be affordable. You know, some of these concepts you're going to hear in this presentation, you're going to go, yeah, but Paul, I can't, how much is that going to cost? Are we really going to do that? That's not realistic. But actually, as technology begins to to you know disperse through the population and things get cheaper and easier, you know, these concepts. You know, just like filming and streaming video, um, you know, a few years ago was super expensive. Not anymore, Matthew Hawkey, as I can see, are doing it now. Um, so alongside that, audience fragmentation um, is also going to be uh, a big challenge for us. You know, it's already a challenge now, but I think one thing is for certain, and that is that we are never going to go back to these, you know, big, big media brands that control uh, the audience um, and the numbers. Okay, you might suggest that Facebook's doing that, Instagram's doing that now, but actually, there is still there is still a huge landscape of of media players that are all competing round the clock for our attention, and I think that is going to continue to be the case more so than ever. Um, and therefore, engaging uh, your followers, your subscribers, your customers engaging them with you know with with new content with new ideas um, that is going to be the, the the fundamental building block of of marketing um, okay it is already but more so than ever before uh, and finally uh, we probably all know selling wine is not easy um, you know the the industry is gonna is going to experience increased competition from from multiple angles not just you know, not just the number of wines available, but also actually um, competition from from the cannabis industry, from healthy living sectors. It's going to be difficult. And I think uh, wine companies, wine brands are going to have to work extra hard to, to make the leap towards selling into the next generations. Um, okay, so that's just a little bit of context. That's really my little worldview in, in, a, in, a, few, in a few lines just to, to run up at this. Um, Here's a little quote, William Gibson, the future is already here, it's just not evenly distributed. Um, and I think you'll find that if you if you do any research into these technologies or if you already know about these technologies, you'll know that um, they are actually in use. People are using them, um, people are people are managing to to build cool projects with the, with this technology. So yeah, it's just a matter of time before things before it disperses. Okay, let's start with, with voice marketing. Um, another little room read, how many people currently use um, a voice assistant? Two, three, okay. How many people podcast? Okay, how many people listen to podcasts? Okay, a much bigger thing. Okay, um, and how many people uh, engage with um, sort of in-person audio spaces like Clubhouse or, or Twitter spaces? Okay, brilliant. So it, it it's not a it's not a new concept, but um, one thing is 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 certain, and that is the growth in all of these platforms. Audio is a fantastic um, a fantastic vehicle to reach new people, especially in in an age of uh, of busyness. You know, we're all super busy. We all do a hundred things at once. We're all distracted, um, and quite a, quite a lot of us. Um, live with our headphones in 
you know, audio is something that we can do alongside all the other busy things. Um, beyond that, it's it's intimate. It's an intimate experience, and it provides um, a, a great opportunity for you to for you to reach your your customers and your and your prospects. Um, you can you know you can engage people on a on a really emotional level using audio. Um, so uh, uh, Siri, believe it or not, is now ten years old. Um, it's, it's, it's usage is growing massively. I read a statistic, uh, the other day that said something like 40% of Americans now use a voice assistant every, um, at least once a month. So that's huge. Um, the, the use of audio assistance by the younger generation is even, even bigger. So, I mean, I'm, I'm from the UK and the UK, we're not, we're not, massive yet on using voice messages on on whatsapp but i know in italy it's it's absolutely standard practice you know everybody you know, nobody can be bothered to type everybody is is using is using voice to communicate um now those people who represent wineries here how many of you have um have repurposed your content uh, in order to take advantage of voice has anyone done it? Okay. So, um, as always, I think this is where the, the wine industry lags slightly behind. Um, we're, very, we're very conservative by nature. Um, but I, 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 would really, I would really recommend that everybody who is, who is involved in, in wine marketing um, tries to create an audio version of their content. Whether it's short form, whether it's long-term essays, um, get that content recorded and, and get it up online and get it distributed to the you know, to your customer base. Podcasts, audio networks, these are all hugely important things to be part of. Not only from a from a brand, um, you know, and a brand marketing perspective, but also from an individual networking perspective. Um, there's a fantastic talk. I think it's later in the day with Matthew and Rene, who, um, you, you know, I'd recommend you go and you, you go and see that. They're going to talk more about their experiences using Clubhouse uh, in order to, uh, you know, in order to fuel their, their journey and fuel their, their, their networking and business development in this space. So it's uh, voice marketing is a, is a fantastic tool. Um, what can you do today? Um, Embrace audio, audience fragmentation. You know, there's no point fighting it. It's 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 really important to um, get involved in these kind of guerrilla marketing projects. I, I participate in audio networks. Um, you're going to know this, but it establishes credibility and trust. Um, and it's it, it's simple, but it's it's super effective. Um, I think the thing that's currently missing from this from this um from this approach is is the capturing the leads the establishing of marketing funnels to sit alongside um you know this at the moment it's still very much a sort of go in to these to these um to these audio spaces and you know invest time you there's some casual networking but what we're yet to see is any real um any real approach to link that that time spent into other areas of the uh, sales and marketing funnel. So 
um, that would be something I would encourage people to to think about. Um, beyond, beyond this, what's coming down the line? Well, voice integration with artificial intelligence is is the the next step, really. So at the moment, um, you know, voice voice searches are quite simple. You could go, "Hello Siri, what are the top Brunello di Montalcino wines?" And it will give you it will give you a list, but it will be no different than if you if you searched, you know, the same thing using text. Um, but what is coming down the line is the personalization and the localization of this. So, um, you know, it, it's all very well me knowing the next the top ten Brunello, but actually, what I also want to know is where I can buy them in a in a in a context that is relevant to me, um, and that's coming. So. Um, it's really important, I think, if you're a winery, if you're a, you know, particularly if you're a winery, that you engage with some of the, the key websites, you, you know, where your wines are listed and referenced. It's really important to um, to make sure that, you know, that content is up to date, is is accurate and and, you know, connects actually to the to the wholesale and the retail arms. Okay. Uh, beyond that, which which I think is a, a little bit further away, but also quite interesting, is the notion of translation. So if you, you know, if if I am able to rattle off a message, a voice message in English that can be translated quickly into Italian, um, it, you know, inevitably I'm going to be able to reach new markets. Okay, let's do virtual and augmented reality. Um, how many people have had a, a virtual reality experience? Of curiosity, would you say it was a, a good one, a positive one? Average, Chris, you had a good one, okay. All right, so yes, you're right. It's um, they can be a little bit disjointed at the moment, but um, what's, what's quite interesting is, is our reaction to the pandemic. Obviously, as we all know, Zoom took over, uh, we were all doing videos and podcasting stuff on Zoom. But of course, we we probably quickly got bored. We all saw the value of it, but it was we all sort of also got a bit saturated. And the reason was, I think for many people, the experiences were the same. They were monotonous. They were boring. You know, they didn't reach us really on any kind of emotional level. Virtual um, virtual reality offers brands the opportunity to to create experiences, to create immersive experiences for for our customers. So Brancott Estate in, in Marlborough, New Zealand, they, they recently did one, you know, they mapped their entire vineyard, they, they mapped their, their cellar facilities, and they were able to invite their, their, their customers and their, you know, both consumers and, and trade customers to, to tour their facilities, uh, to experience the, you know, their brand, you know, as always in the wine trade, they chose to, you know, show vineyards and, and, show sellers and tanks and that kind of thing but it but it doesn't have to be that way there are endless creative opportunities um, and endless opportunities to collaborate um, and i think uh many of you will have seen the org augmented reality campaign of 19 crimes um, and i think that's referenced i think there is another seminar on that somewhere today you know but being able to uh, engage with with consumers via their phone um you know, which I think half the room are holding right now, you know, phones are, phones are 
the key tool of our of our time. Um, so being able to get into the into people's phones is is really important, and augmented reality does that. So, okay, for me, the 19 crimes uh, campaign wasn't really aimed at me. It didn't necessarily tick the boxes that I personally would like to obtain from you know from my wine journey. You know, but for many people, it did, and it's been a hugely successful commercial project. So, so using augmented reality and virtual reality to storytell and to scene set and to provide immersive experiences is obviously, you know, a really it's a really important idea to consider. Um, it's potentially a little bit expensive still, and I think um, you have to work particularly hard to to storytell in the right manner, you know, to consider the kind of content that is going to be relevant for, you know, for the, for, you know, the, the particular setting in which perhaps the, the wine may be consumed or the, the, the virtual reality experience may be had, but it, it, it's definitely worth considering, worth pursuing. I think what is also very exciting is the, the growth in virtual trade fairs. So, Okay, nothing can replace face-to-face. -face. You know, we're all here. We all made the trip to Verona because we enjoy engaging and interacting with people. That, that's true, and, and virtual fairs won't replace that. However, I do think there's a, there is a huge opportunity for, for some of the more um, transactional uh, and some of the more basic B2B correspondence and, and connectivity that happens. That can be done remotely. Thank you for listening to Italian Wine Podcast. We know there are many of you listening out there, so we just want to interrupt for a small ask. Italian Wine Podcast is in the running for an award, the best podcast listening platform through the Podcast Awards, the People's Choice. Listener nominations is from July 1st to the 31st, and we would really appreciate your vote. We are hoping our listeners will come through for us. So if you have a second and could do this small thing for us, just head to italianwinepodcast.com from July 1st to the 31st and click the link. We thank you and back to the show. On top of that, they're using using virtual technology, you know, so for example, there's a there's a company called Vfairs that that build out the entire trade fair environment, you know, you can walk you can walk down the aisles, you can see the different different pavilions, you can go in meeting rooms, you can do all the things you that you would expect to do at a, at a trade fair. What the difference is, though, that you get to collect information in a different way, you get to be a lot more efficient about your time, you get to do more meetings, you get to meet more people. As an exhibitor in, in such a fair, you get to demonstrate your brand, you know, I would, I would argue in a much more effective way. Uh, I've been going to trade fairs as a as a buyer and as a writer for for a decade now, and every time I walk away feeling there must be a better way of doing this. Um, you know, you know, you're talking to people, you're talking to the guy, but he's looking over your shoulder. There's somebody else trying to get their glass filled. It's not a good way to engage with a brand, and I think virtual trade fairs offer a fantastic opportunity to to do that. And in addition, for for marketeers, for consortios. You know, for for syndicates who represent multiple producers, uh, I, I feel they offer a fantastic platform to do much more bespoke and focused, targeted events. 
you, I think a couple of other examples there. You may have seen the Barolo MGA project, where, which maps out all of the different crew vineyards. I think that is the beginnings of a nice uh, immersive experience. And I think from an education platform, uh, from an education perspective, again, um, I think that's a really great vehicle. I'll just finally touch on Bidstack. Does anyone know what Bidstack do? So Bidstack is a company that, that deploys in-game advertising. Um, so as, as businesses uh, gamify their, their customer journey and as, as companies release games, you know, that technology allows, allows adverts to be deployed in real time, which is great. So, for example, if anybody, you know, plays, plays football games, for example, they have sideboards all around the pitch or players walk out to, a, you know, to, to various advertising campaigns. I can actually deploy the adverts to a set geographical area, to a set age group. Um, and I think that that's a really exciting little development. It's, it's, it's definitely have a look at what Bitstack do. Um, and I think it will give you some great ideas about how you can maybe work with um, other technology partners, perhaps in more relevant fields to your brand. Okay, again, a few, a few little ideas just on, on AR. Um, it's an opportunity to reconsider your touch points. Um, I think we all know now we need a lot more touch points with our customers than, than we ever used to. Um, and, and this is a, a vehicle to, to offer some more. Collaboration is gonna be absolutely key and this kind of this kind of technology allows us to collaborate in creative ways um, and perhaps with with people with influencers with other brands in a way that perhaps we may not have considered um, before yeah focus on on entertainment and education I think that's that that would be my my priority perhaps a little bit more speculatively coming down the line but we're certainly not ready for that yet is is uh, the wearable technology, which I think um, is obviously key to the the wide scale adoption of some of these ideas, companies have experimented with the with the headsets in order to you know deliver some of these experiences. That you know we probably still feel a bit silly walking around in in massive goggles, but I think as that technology becomes a little bit more you know a little bit more trendy, a little bit more suited to our busy day to day lives, we're going to find that you know, these experiences suddenly start to come along a lot more often. Uh, smart tattoos, anybody fancy getting a smart tattoo? No. So um, I think we'll see, we'll see this, this stuff happening. Um, you know, QR codes on our, on our arms in order to, you know, to leverage opportunities that, that passes by. Um, I think these are gonna be a big thing. And it, it, ultimately it's all about getting information quicker more relevant information and, and more personalized information. Holograms as well are coming, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dwell on that. AI. Okay, so Amazon have just released a little a little robot. I think it's only available in America at the moment. Um, they're gonna keep the, the distribution a little bit uh, a little bit um, smaller for the moment while they while they test and iterate. This is so Astro uh, wheels around your house. You can pro you can program it not to go in your bedroom at certain times of the night um but it but it it kind of it lives with you it uses uh facial recognition so you can program key people in your life so that it can interact but interestingly it 
it learns stuff. So you can keep applying, you know, you can keep adding new skills to, to this little robot. It has little hands, I think. So you can, um, I think you can, it carries drinks from, from the kitchen through to, the, through to another room. Now you may think, well, what the hell are you talking about? How does this affect the wine business? This is going to be quite interesting when we start to consider new opportunities for packaging. So canned wine is a, is a big growth area. And I think canned wine is more suited to um, to being dispensed in a different in a different kind of social way, different kind of social environment. The customer, the, you know, the target customer is potentially different. And I can see a scenario where, um, you know, particularly in bigger cities where where there are kiosks that that, that dispense wine cans, but actually. AI allows you to get the information that you wish about that product or, you know, or it's, it can be personalized based on your Amazon account. So, so this is interesting. I, I think Vivino uh, is, is another example of, of AI and machine learning. Obviously I'm not going to dwell too much on this either because many of you chose, you've chosen not to uh, see the Vivino speech, which clashes with, with this one. So I'm, I'm going to leave that out, but Obviously, the point about this is is big data. Um, you know, the more interactions we do with anything online, the more it stores uh, a digital data footprint about ourselves, and the more um, the AI can learn from our activity. And I think this is really important when you're considering um, setting up your your technology infrastructure. You know, as a wine company, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume, but forgive me if I'm wrong. I'm gonna assume that your wineries don't particularly measure the behavior of your customers on, on your website. And you, you don't particularly uh, link, you know, link their actions in, a, in the winery to any kind of database. It's kind of just vaguely stored, um, it, you know, in your head. And of course, you know, everybody else does that. And that's, you know, a, a practical way of doing things. But I think ultimately, as the tools develop around us, you know, it, the people who learn from from the data quickest will be those that you know that build bigger and better businesses quicker. There's also a lot of automation that can be that can be done with AI in the vineyard and in the in the supply chain. Things that can increase efficiency and, and you know make logistics easier, make inventory control easier. But I think these are perhaps more sort of just basic business practices rather than marketing opportunities which is very different from a, a project called Tastry. Um, does anyone know Tastry? So Tastry uses um, AI to, uh, sorry, Tastry uses chemical analysis of wines partnered with um, consumer palate surveys to teach AI how to taste. Again, it sounds far-fetched, but, but this is happening uh, right now. And these... This company is is using the results of this of this data in order to better predict the the sales performance in the market of of various types of wine. Again, as a as a as a wine lover and a wine enthusiast, I feel that this kind of squashes things down into the middle, and we get increasingly homogenous products. However, you know there are lots of companies out there that are that are making homogenous products designed to just shift units. Um, so. So Tastry is a, is a good example of how AI is, is beginning to impact in the trade. You know, it's still an outlier. It's still, it's still a, you know, a little bit obscure, but I, but I think it's, uh, 
a very exciting project to, to follow and keep an eye on. Okay, so what, what can we do at, at the moment? Um, the first thing to do is engage with the key players. You know, look at the big companies that are that have a lot of data. If you're a winery or a wine business um, that's selling wine, make sure that that information is accurate, is up to date. You know, the, don't rely on too much user-generated data and content. You know, as a, as a winery, I think it's it's paramount to, to own the story. You know, it should be the central pillar and the foundation of this kind of information. Focus on your own website first. That is ultimately where you know these projects are going to to extract information from. Uh, the amount, honestly, the amount of winery websites that I see that do not reflect what they're doing is is is, is baffling. But nevertheless, like the, I think. The website is, is, is fundamental to engaging properly with, with AI. Beyond that, consider your data strategy. You know, how can you learn from the behavior of customers in the cellar, at trade fairs, at, at tastings? You know, try and integrate these things because ultimately the more data you have, the more you can create projects that will make life, uh, make life simpler and make um, new storytelling opportunities more effective okay i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap with, uh, and, and hopefully do we have time for a tiny bit of q a uh does anybody know what nfts are okay great so so i just realized that says internet 2.0 it should be 3.0 don't worry i'm not too behind um so so okay Blockchain at the moment is being used to, to create supply chain uh, transparency. Now, for, for premium wineries, I think this is, uh, this is quite exciting. You know, to be able to document and demonstrate authenticity is really important. Uh, we've seen over the years some of the scandals with, um, you know, with fraudulent bottles and fraudulent labels. So blockchain provides some interesting uh, solutions to that kind of thing. But I think what's really what's really exciting is NFTs, which stand for non-fungible tokens. So to kind of bring us back to this concept that our digital identities are going to expand uh, in the future, you know, tokens and digital tokens uh, provide some quite cool opportunities in our lives. So I'll, I'll give you a little story. Uh, Louis Vuitton, I think they spent a few a few hundred thousand dollars purchasing. Um, digital space in a in an online virtual world called Decentraland. So if you Google image Decentraland, you'll see what looks something like The Sims. I don't know if you, you know that old game, The Sims. But they paid several hundred thousand pounds uh, with a view to building a Louis Vuitton store um, to offer virtual fashion, which is unique tokenized fashion pieces uh, for the people who engage in that online world for their for their avatars. So it it's an exciting space. Um, a couple of the uses that immediately come to mind for me are the ability is the ability to engage with a customer base by issuing um, these unique tokens on on blockchain. So, for example, if if we think about the younger generations now who don't collect wine. And, and you ask them why, and they say, well, I move about too much. I'm in New York, and then, I'm, you know, then I've got a job in Singapore, and I can't possibly carry all these bottles. But they still uh, enjoy the, the experience of collecting. These 
I, I, I think these tokens provide an interesting opportunity for wineries, particularly to to reward loyalty and and personalize the sale experience. At the moment, we see you know we see some top end lines that are num have numbered bottles. So this kind of builds on that step. So you can have your personalized wine and you can keep it in your digital wallet with your COVID health pass, you know, and your, your digital deeds to your property. Um, and I, I, think, I think this could be a really, really interesting opportunity for people. I think we're at almost time, aren't we? So I will just get off the stage. <laughs> Perfectly on time. Uh, thank you so much, Paul, for all this uh inspirational elements that you brought to us. Uh, I, I uh, took a lot of notes and uh, I have a lot of questions too, but uh, um, um, before leaving to the, the floor to the, to the questions uh, of the crowd here, I, will, I was thinking, uh, do you think that there is the need of a new digital expert manager? I mean, all that has all these skills to, to to move in the digital uh, sphere and and do you think this is a person or is a team of, of people because uh, i i was wondering who can have all these skills and 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 promote correctly uh, uh this type of things yeah i think that's a great question um i think you know the reason that people are not using this technology really apart from its sort of lack of availability is also the skill set required you know these are these are very new exper experimental technologies and you know it, they're not easy you know they some of them require coding expertise and experience um uh, yeah and so to answer your question i think i think people need a team but i think it you know if if we have this conversation in five years time i think the digital the digital team will be will be commonplace I don't know if there are questions from the public. Have you seen actually any other producers um, really hardcore working with NFTs? I know there's an opportunity there, but have you seen anybody actually doing it yet? No, um, I haven't. What I, what I would say is that if you, if you look at the absolute explosion in the digital art market, so I think even just a couple of weeks ago, a set of NFTs sold for $69 million at Christie's, which is obviously insane the the historical links between the, the the premium aspects of of the wine trade and and the art market i think are are well documented there are endless examples of collaborations between between wineries and artists um and i think it's it's only a matter of time before before you know some of the you know the more forward thinking brands collaborate with artists to create to create unique digital files that can be that can be given to top customers it's obviously expensive to create those products but it's for a for a for a top winery brand it's not expensive it's actually quite sensible i would say we have another question here it's a little bit about gamification uh, what are some examples of ways that wineries could utilize that in their marketing strategies yeah so do you remember a project called i think snooth do, do you remember how you know you used to be able to you know get a, a digital gold badge if you tasted 50 cabernet sauvignons or something from from napa i i, I think that wineries can and 
and especially in collaboration with the local consortia or syndicates, I think, I think wineries can definitely gamify the education around their, um, you know, around their, their region and around their wines. Um, we've started to see, I mean, you, you could argue Vinitaly are doing it with the, the Via ambassadors, you, you know, the, the, the market to the market for demonstrating knowledge and status is out there. At the moment, it's all done through tests and exams. But actually, I, I, I do see, I do see an angle for, you know, for gamifying that journey instead, you know, so you achieve, a, you know, off the top of my head, I can't quite think of the, the context, but I, I, I think, you know, to be, you, you can, you can definitely incentivize interaction through through challenges, through quizzes, through through visits to the seller, through the purchase of, you know, the purchase of a certain amount of wine, you know, and I think, I think, that would be the the way I see it. Really, we have some more questions here. I really like everything that you brought up, but I, I I think a lot of wineries might be wondering what is the bare minimum cheapest thing that they could do within this to start them on this journey, because laid out a really beautiful world but like where can they start at the cheapest possible way yeah uh, i think the cheapest possible way is to engage with audio you know engage with journalists to create stories that can be transformed into audio content and you know make sure that the website is audio friendly you know there there are endless stories from wineries about how you know non-nor Nonno discovered some old plant in the in the backyard, and now it's you know this turns out to be some ancient variety. And that, that you know, get them, get them recorded as audio, you know, and and distribute. That's the quick. I would say that is the the sensible way, because ultimately it will be these files that that you know that educates AI that that educates consumers. You know, people don't really read anymore, sadly. You know, we, people just don't have time. And I think combined with the, you know, the, the, combined with our sort of addiction to our, our phones, our attention spans are a lot less. Like we just have to accept that reading big long form essays is, is not really relevant for most people. So audio, audio is the way forward. And you, do you know what? You can do that to a suitable level on your phone. Okay. Last question. So maybe you have answered this question yet, but um, what's the most useful and suitable technology you have among the one you have mentioned uh, for the wine world, in your opinion? I, I think that you know, like like every marketing concept and like every technology you can think of, you know, there is no one recommended thing. I think th this is a toolkit. You know, these this is you know, if you can. If you can find a way to integrate these technologies um, into everything else that you do, I think that's where you'll you'll find most success. You know, there's no point going off and spending forty thousand euros on a virtual reality experience if actually, you know, you, you know you, you you don't answer the phone when some when a tourist rings. You know, I think it, it's it's part of the whole um, the, the whole ecosystem of the way. Uh, in which your you know your brand your brand faces the world, but audio. I think if if people are looking to do something right now, focus on audio. So 
Thank you very much. I think we are at the end. Uh, thank you really for your interesting question. Thank you, Paul, for uh, this uh, really amazing presentation. And uh, let's uh, keep enjoying this uh, day at Wine to Wine. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Vinitali Academy home of the gold standard of Italian wine education. Do you want to be the next ambassador? Apply online at vinitaliinternational.com for courses in London, Austria, and Hong Kong, the 27th to the 29th of July. Remember to subscribe and like Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find our entire back catalog of episodes at italianwinepodcast.com. guys, I'm Joy Livingston and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.